Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. I normally do not feel better. I feel much worse following the testimony in Washington yesterday on a couple of really important digital issues. We were talking about it about this time yesterday that mm-hmm. this was coming. A couple of things were going to happen. There was going to be testimony from the FBI and other national security forces on this Im- increasing worry that China is planning to wreak havoc on our infrastructure systems through digital hacking. And then you also have the extraordinary moments I'm a testimony from the CEOs, leaders of various social media companies, including Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and all that stuff. Well, Elon Musk wasn't there. Yeah, Musk wasn't there. But some of these other social sites, they testified before Congress as well. So a lot to get through here. You want to start with the China stuff? Yeah, let's do cybersecurity first. So we told you about this. White House says it is monitoring the warning from FBI Director Christopher Wray about Chinese hackers preparing to target critical U.S. infrastructure. Here's what Ray said yesterday. PRC hackers are targeting our critical infrastructure, our water treatment plants, our electrical grid, our oil and natural gas pipelines, our transportation systems, and the risk that poses to every American requires our attention now. So, yeah, just about... Everything. There's not a day where we're not taking a look at uh, cybersecurity, particularly when it comes to critical infrastructure. So that's John Kirby. He is the National Security Council spokesperson. He addressed what Ray had said about how China is just basically preparing to set up an attack at any time. Now, does that mean it's happening tomorrow? Does that mean it'll ever happen? We don't know. But his does it point, mean they can even pull it off? Yeah. His point is, is that it's something that China is preparing or at least is already capable of doing more from Kirby. This is uh, something we're mon- we monitor very closely all the time and we take all these threats seriously. You have to. So yeah. So so if you're looking for a reason to stay up at night, <laughs> that is one of them. What you know freaked what I- me out about that E was I think when we in our own minds as we go about our business every day, we hear Chinese hackers are targeting America and we think ah, they want to blow up some websites or cause some trouble with social media or do these other things. Like We're talking about the basic tenets of our survival and advancement as a country. Messing with the water supply, messing with our electric grid, messing with our transportation systems. Like Never mind what can happen militarily. You want to cripple the U.S.? Blow some of those systems up and see what happens over here. There's a fascinating book that can give you nightmares. It's called uh, Leave the World Behind. Uh, Julie Roberts just did a movie about it. It's on Netflix, and it's it's basically this type of thing. <laughs> and it's awful. It's just it, the movie is um, the movie's okay. The book the book is pretty um, critically acclaimed or whatever. And uh, leave the world behind if you really want. And it's, I just it, wrote it down. It I don't know that I need example. any help getting more worried. Right. It just gives you an example <laughs> of how something yeah. like this could play out. And like basically the idea of being unplugged from the known and trying to figure out what is happening. How does this happen? What do we do next? How do you relate with each other? So I'm glad that they're thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that they're considering these you things. You inject one, one final point on this. You inject any level of chaos into American society and see how capable we are to handle that. Like, look at some of the things that happened during COVID. We can't stand in line for cups at a store. <laughs> the Stanley Cup. Hey, there's a new shipment at Target. We can't stand in line for cups at a store. Imagine if, like, the pharmaceutical companies or the pharmacies are shut down. Imagine the electricity's out for two weeks. Or if you can't get your, yeah, 
Good luck. Anyway, they are they are aware of this. That it's something that, according to Kirby, they're looking okay, at every good. day. We got to this. Prepare and protect themselves. Anyway, they're asking Congress for more money. That's part of it. <laughs> Fine. What? Back the truck up. Meanwhile, speaking of chaos, the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing from the CEOs of five major social media companies about what can be done to protect children online, especially from criminals and bad actors who might try to exploit them. Obviously, teens can be bullied online. They can be exploited for sexual content online. They can also be sold something online, like fentanyl, which has also happened. A big hearing yesterday. They're not only the tech companies that have contributed to this crisis, they are responsible for many of the dangers our children face online. Their design choices, their failures to adequately invest in trust and safety, their constant pursuit of engagement and profit over basic safety, have all put our kids and grandkids at risk. That's Dick Durbin, senator from Illinois. He chaired the committee, or chairs the committee, basically saying that, look, the, these, these apps, these social media companies don't have enough restrictions. And what are they trying to do? They're trying to keep you on that site. Try to keep your kid on that site and aren't doing enough to protect them. We, there are some parameters in place. And we did hear from Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Meta, which owns Facebook and Instagram. He addressed it. Over the last eight years, we've built more than 30 different tools, resources, and features that parents can set time limits for their teens using our apps, see who they're following, or if they report someone for bullying. For teens, we've added nudges that remind them when they've been using Instagram for a while or if it's getting late and they should go to sleep, as well as ways to hide words or people without those people finding out. So Zuckerberg, and all the sites have tried to do some things. It's just a matter of time, though. Things just move so quickly. Technology moves so fast. Those bad actors know how to play this game, too, and they're able to kind of get around some things if they need to or want to, if they want to try to exploit what that technology is as well. But on top of it, these are businesses. So to make money, right, it's like these two things it can't coexist. How do we simultaneously tell people don't spend too much time on our stuff, but also try to answer to our shareholders yeah. and make yeah, money right. and grow our product? The way we do that is by getting people to spend time on our stuff. Mean you, meanwhile, then you have bad actors also on there trying to exploit kids. Senator Lindsey Graham. You and the companies before us, I know you don't mean to it to be so, but you have blood on your hands. You have a product. You have a product that's killing people. When we had cigarettes killing people, we did some about it, maybe not enough. You're going to talk about guns, we have the ATF. Nothing here. There's not a damn thing anybody can do about it. You can't be sued. Right, it's kind of the wild, wild west at the moment. I would say the most poignant moment or the most memorable moment was when a Missouri Senator Josh Hawley asked, or I guess demanded, that Zuckerberg stand up and apologize to the group. The place was packed, so the hearing hall was packed with uh, parents and family members of victims who had died at the hands of social media usage in some way, whether it was by getting fentanyl through Snapchat, whether it was being bullied, whether it was being exploited, just different things that had happened to these children. And they're all there with pictures of these kids. And Howley telling Zuckerberg... You're on national television. Would you like now to apologize to the victims who have been harmed by your product? Show them the pictures. Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people? So he stands up, turns off mic. You can hear him off mic here. Families have, have suffered 
and this is why we invested so much and are going to continue doing these streaming efforts. I'm not sure what to make of that. I'm surprised he did it, although I guess it's a good thing. Well, what are you supposed to do then? Say, no, I would not like to apologize to anyone. Right? <laughs> right. I'm proud of everything that we do. And right. We've seen a so, lot in those hearings before. Yeah. Like you and I, I and you know me, I, I always, I'm constantly rolling my eyes at lawmakers that are going for that you know, that sexy 20-second yeah, soundbite. Right. Because that's all it's about their soundbite, yeah. not the testimony. Correct. They don't even care what the testimony is. They just want to right. say what they say. But I brought you here today so that we can grandstand. <laughs> yes. yes. But I I was amazed that he would, he got him to stand up and turn yeah, around did. and do that yesterday. What do you read about Zuckerberg or feel about it? Like, I highly profess to know him, done some reading, done you know, saw the movie, all of yeah, that stuff. Yeah. Like, I've never thought to myself that this is some sort of evil master who hoped that Facebook would become what it became. And actually, yeah. in terms of young people, it's Instagram, not Facebook, that's, that's more affecting them. Correct. But none of that. But but that he invented this thing that was amazing. He invented it largely for good purposes. And then it oh, just they wanted be- to rate girls. I mean, <laughs> right. it's kind of just a people to hook up, right? And and meet people and connect in this space, and then that just exploded into this thing that's out of everyone's control, including right. his. Yeah, including his and including Congress's. So now moving for I I don't know I he kind of comes off as like a wet noodle to me, who probably yeah. just wants to be done with it. You know what? I'd rather just enjoy my money for the rest of my life. And, Let's sell it and leave, right? But at the same time, and I'm not. You'll never. You know me. You'll never hear me defend social media sites ever, or any of the people that run them. <laughs> Ever, however, he's gone before Congress multiple times, and oftentimes doesn't look good after he does it. It's he he's not protected or well coached. He's not super smooth, which makes me appreciate him. I guess in a way, I don't know if right. that's the right term. I'll I, keep coming here if you ask. And yeah, I'll keep doing what you say. Yeah, and we're trying to do some of this stuff. I mean, it doesn't always work, but we're trying. Like I, I, again, I'm not sure if I like his answers, but it, I, I I do appreciate that at least he's going up there and taking his lashings, if you will. Social media, I'm on it. Use it for a lot of different things. Still a net negative. Right, net negative right. in the world. So one more point. So, okay, well, what happens next? Well, there are some different laws that they're looking to amend or to fix or recreate to help make sure that they can at least put up some shields, make sure that uh, these tech companies are responsible for the content that's being shared. Here's Scott McFarland from CBS. To expect parents to keep up with the technological change, the way kids are good at finding backdoors on all kinds of parental guidelines, you really should have the burden shifted to the people who make the technology they're best suited and best educated to help protect it. So his point being that, like, you know, to our point earlier, that the onus is really on you and me. It's on us to make sure our kids are not poisoned by by what's online and social media. But to McFarland's point, look, it's parents can do only so much. You, you need the tech companies to be able to control the message if they need to. But then that gets into the sticky wickets of censorship and everything else. And they're battling very powerful forces in this technology 824 wisconsin's morning news Eight twenty-eight on Wisconsin's morning news. We're getting some reports of a breaking situation in elkhorn so that would be walworth county perhaps a double homicide a lot of police on scene there. I know TMJ4 News has a reporter on there, so we're looking to get some more details. But yeah, a situation that uh, could have been a fatality. Still trying to confirm all of that right now taking place in Elkhorn. So Elkhorn, again, in, in Walworth County, the county seat there. 
and uh, we are getting increased information into the newsroom. We've got WTMJ's Adam Roberts working on that for the bottom of the hour news. We'll do that next here on Wisconsin's Morning News. 837 on Wisconsin's Morning News. If you're listening to us on the AM radio, I'm getting a lot of messages that the app is not working, our streaming service is not working. I suppose if you're hearing this, that's not a problem for you. (laughs) Video stream is working. But yeah, I just want to remind folks, the video stream is working. So you can text WATCH to 855-616-1620. WATCH. And we will send you the link to stream the video. You don't have to watch us. You can just listen to the video stream. Same audio quality, all of that stuff. But I guess the company that that handles our streaming, a third, third-party third vendor, is like across the board. So having some problems over there this morning. Hope it's not a cybersecurity thing per okay. our conversation. Per, <laughs> please see earlier conversation. I don't know. Didn't say that. Didn't say that. We don't. I want to pick up on something. Adam had another update in the bottom of the hour yeah. news here. This has become clear that despite what was said at that news conference uh, the other day, the EMS system did not work as designed. Because they didn't do anything wrong. Um, the EMS system here worked as designed. It did not. Mm. It cannot have. Combining some reporting here from TMJ4 News and the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, who obtained surveillance video from the night 49-year-old Jolene Waldruff died, according to the medical examiner's office, appears to have frozen to death at a bus stop last month. I have watched the video, minutes-long video, from the surveillance camera that is near that corner, and it's clear either mistakes must have been made if they weren't violations of protocol for emergency calls, then the protocol needs to change. One or the other is true, but either way, this is not how we should be responding to emergencies. Waldruff had called 911 apparently herself, and in the video you can see she then sits down on the sidewalk, did not appear to fall on the ice or hit her head as was originally suggested. Don't know where that came from, but that's not evident in the video anywhere. At this point, she may even be lying down. When the Curtis ambulance that had been dispatched to the scene gives two, I want to call it very cursory drive-throughs of the intersection at 76th and Congress. Did not have its lights operating. Didn't slow down and stop. Check here. Didn't slow down and stop. Check there. Four corners here. Didn't appear to, to come to a complete stop anywhere in the intersection to look for this person whom they'd been dispatched to find. The ambulance crew drove right by the corner where she was, lying on the sidewalk, did not appear to be behind a snowbank, as was also suggested, and the crew didn't see her. They called her twice. They tried to reach her on her cell phone because, again, she was the original mm-hmm. 911 caller. Messages or the calls went right to voicemail. So the crew left. You can't check behind every snowbank. You can't check behind every walk down alleys, walk from the Walgreens that's there at the corner, I'm, whenever. You do the best you can. But I don't think this is the best we can. That was the president of the ambulance company, Jim Baker. He's defending his crew. And and you and I are on the same page on this. I'll give him a little bit of room here. EMS is a very tough job. We celebrate, we celebrate on this station very often. These caregivers and first responders, rightly so, they're heroes in our community. They do great work on the whole. But Baker says they get some 300 calls a day. And many of them... False alarms. False alarms. Sometimes or, at bus stops, too. Yeah. So I, I empathize with that situation, and we can't expect every call to result in guys walking around a neighborhood for an hour and a half looking and you know when there's nothing there. There are other calls they need to get to. But the video does not support the claim that Waldruff was obscured by a snowbank or was even particularly difficult to see with any effort. And we know this 
because the person who came to her aid after the ambulance had already left and apparently then called 911 again, which prompted a response from Milwaukee Fire and those paramedics, that person saw her while making a left-hand turn in traffic. Just someone in the car. Exactly. This is just a guy driving around in his car, making a left-hand turn, and turning from here to there, and was able to see her. She hadn't moved from that original position. Was able to see her lying on the ground. This person saw it, appeared to drive by, slowed down, and then you see the car come back into frame, and the person gets out to help. Milwaukee Alderman Mark Borkowski, he chairs the city's ambulance service board. He was talking with TMJ4 News here. I took issue with some of the uh, statements like, we can't look at every snowbank. That, that's not what a family wants to hear, okay? And I just think that you make the effort to drive over to that intersection, what does it take to get out and look around? Or even slow down enough to give it a good look. Right. So Alderman Lamont Westmoreland, that's his district. This is the statement that he made. I have met with MFD Fire Chief Aaron Lipsky. I'm 100% confident that there will be standard operating procedure updates for private ambulance companies, changes that will strengthen protocols to reduce the chance of this type of incident from reoccurring. Good. There should be. 842 on Wisconsin's Morning News. on Wisconsin's Morning News. I want to tell you about a woman named Rosita Shanti Sims. She's doing Waukesha County Court tomorrow morning. And that's probably not a name that you recognize. But if you listen to the show regularly, you're going to know what she's accused of. Because her alleged crimes happened in real time while we were doing this show. I'm amazed at how often this happens. What we have is all of the eastbound lanes closed, so no traffic is getting through. And then you see deputies walking across all lanes of traffic. Okay, just making sure this is not happening right now. That was a flashback. I pulled that clip, Eric, from the show that we were on week before Thanksgiving, if you remember. The freeway shut down. It's one of these situations. You see sheriff's deputies walking up and down I-94 in Waukesha County. And we were right. We thought, up here's another one of these again. They are combing the lanes looking for evidence, that evidence being shell casings, because somebody was firing off a gun on the freeway. Nobody was hurt, thankfully, but somebody did get their car shot up. And so many of these stories end the same way. And you asked the pivotal question. You hear, oh, well, there clearly was shots fired because there's damage on the other vehicle. And then that's the end of it. Never, never seemed to hear about people being taken into custody for it. So... We've already followed up on this, but because you asked that question, let's keep an eye on this one in particular and track it. Let's see what comes of this. So we had already reported, E, that someone was, in fact, taken into Mm -hmm. custody for the incident. So I can tell you this morning, she is out. The suspect was arrested, faces multiple charges. Two of them are felonies, one a misdemeanor. She's due back in court tomorrow in Waukesha County. I've been following this through the... What is that? CCAP that we yes. use circuit courts and mm-hmm. making sure that that's public record. Yeah. I was able to get out in front of it here before she got back in court. Again, Rosita Shanti Sims is her name of Milwaukee. She's out as her case makes its way through the court system. She has pleaded not guilty to the charges. She posted $3,000 cash bond that Waukesha County thought was sufficient in her case. We can revisit that in a moment. But let me fill in some of the details. Here's what investigators say she did. I've read through the criminal complaint against her. I'll highlight a few sections. In summary, according to authorities, Sims was driving on I-84 that morning, and the person who had her car shot up said Sims was riding up on the vehicle. 
you know how that is. Somebody comes like right up on your bumper. They're in a real hurry to get somewhere, even though you're doing freeway speed. Right? Happened to me yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Weaving in and out, yeah. you know, whatever. So she, the the person who had her car shot up, said that Sims came up strong behind the car in the left lane. Was seeming to get frustrated that she couldn't get out of the way. Pulled alongside her, opened the driver's side window, and then fired off a couple of gunshots. Nobody was hurt, as I said, but two bullet holes were found in the reporting victim's vehicle. That, according to the criminal complaint. Now, detectives were able to track down Sims. You asked the question, whatever happens on these? Sometimes they don't find them, right? right? What do you have to work with? So good police work here in Waukesha County from the Sheriff's Department. Partial license plate was all they had to go on and description of the vehicle. BMW, by the way. I don't know if it's a nice one. I mean, you could have a beater that's a BMW, too. (laughs) But anyway, they found her. They say when they found her, they found a semi-automatic handgun for which she did not have a concealed carry permit in her purse. Upon questioning, they say Sims mentioned that, yeah, she smokes a lot of weed. Okay, I don't know why that was relevant, but anyway, that's what we're dealing with here. Also, as to the freeway shots fired incident, told investigators that she was the one who got cut off and she rolled down her window just to yell at the other driver. Okay. All right. What about that gun? Like the one that we just found in your purse. First, played like she couldn't remember. She says, this is a quote from the criminal complaint. I'm not going to say yeah, not going to say no, because I know my attitude. I'll flip. Hmm. Okay. Investigators pressed her saying, look, the driver said you had something in your hand when you rolled down the window. Did you maybe have something like maybe that gun that we pulled out of your purse? That's not fair. I got three go-tos, a gun, a knife, or mace. That was her response to the question. What, like, I I can't be expected to remember what it was. I was waving out the car window. (laughs) 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 So she later admits, as investigators continued to press her, hey, by the way, well, the person who reported this has bullet holes in her car, so you want to change your statement? What was that from? What's our time? Care to revise your statement. Care to revise what? You want to change your BS statement, sir, right? Defendant stated she did not try to pull the trigger. The defendant stated that she was thinking about other people and that she had her baby in the car. And that when the gun went off, it scared her and then she just took off. So that's a criminal complaint against Rosita Sims, 27 years old. So here's what we've got. And oh, also she was driving on a suspended license. Did I mention that yet? So shouldn't have been even on the road. Faces two counts for operating while suspended. More serious charges include first degree recklessly endangering safety, discharging a firearm from a vehicle, and carrying a concealed weapon. And she's out. She's been out for a couple of months on $3,000 bond. Woman who's running around with a semi-automatic handgun in her purse that she can't remember if that was her go-to this time or if it was the mace or something else. Driving recklessly, waving a gun outside the window of her car with her baby in the car, firing off shots on the freeway, suspended license, all alleged. $3,000 bond? Now, doesn't that seem to be a case? We just amended the state constitution so judges have the authority to consider danger to the public when they set bond. We heard for how long? Well, it's just to ensure whether or not somebody comes back to court. Well, okay, we fixed that. Now you can decide whether or not this person ought to be out there firing off guns on the freeway. So sounded like a case for at least 50K. I don't know. I'm not the prosecutor, but 3K sounds a little bit light, especially since she posted almost immediately. There's the rest of the story as we know it. As I indicated, next court appearance is a pretrial hearing in Waukesha County. That is tomorrow. And I bet you 100 bucks she drives herself to court on that suspended license with maybe one of her go-tos. What was it? The gun, 
the knife for the mace along with her. 8.52 on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. 8.56, WTMJ forecast sponsored by Dave Drake Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. Not much to tell you about, folks. Upper 30s to low 40s, maybe some mid-40s mixed in there for high temperatures over the next five days, and a high of 45 degrees today. Right now, Milwaukee at 39. A couple of breaking news stories that we're on top of here as we lead into Steve Scafidi. First, this traffic situation in the Plainfield Curve here on 94E. So 94 heading towards, so 94 heading north, um, just north of the Mitchell there in the Plainfield Curve. Debbie's been on it. There's sheriff's deputies out there trying to clean up debris that spilled on the interstate. So the uh, right lanes are blocked there. So it's literally two deputies walking around the freeway trying Ooh, to. Ooh, like, they got plows out. Pick up cans. So they are plowing. Oh, they they are plowing. Have the plows out, Deb. You're right. <laughs> Here they come. So we've seen plows <laughs> plow water before. Yeah. Now we're seeing plows plowing cans. What spilled there, Deb? Uh, aluminum cans, apparently, okay. out of a out of a load. I don't know what happened. Hmm. That's a lot of Dr. Pepper. That's that's what we had heard. I that's mean, a picture right there. Someone reported it. Nice people aren't throwing them in their trunks for uh Yeah, like what's in it? Cans of yeah. what? Maybe creamed corn. Who knows? It is, it is so Wisconsin. We have, we have that situation that's taking place right now in the Plainfield Curve. Debbie's all over that. Then we have the situation in Elkhorn. Channel 12 now confirming that two people are dead at a sports bar in Elkhorn from a, uh, it appears to be a shooting there. We're looking to get more details from Elkhorn PD in Washington, or I'm sorry, Walworth County uh, Sheriff's Department in that situation, but that breaking this morning as well. TMJ4 News on the scene as well, reporting that there are multiple streets that are blocked off and still a lot of investigators on scene. So that scene remains active this morning. We'll have an update in the top of the hour news and working to get more information from authorities in Walworth County.